Martin's in the house. Martin is indeed in the house. And of course, we're talking about rising bass house superstar Martin Horger. We cannot wait for you all to hear this incredible conversation that we had with him. I mean, he is a guy that brings the energy and above all, brings the vibes. But before we dive into that fascinating conversation that we had with him about his artistry and the future where he thinks his sound is going, he put together this incredible Beyond the Beat session right here for all of you EDM champions. So get locked in because for the next 18 minutes, Martin Horger is taking you on a journey. And if you enjoyed this mix, great news. You can find it on our SoundCloud the day after this episode airs. So without further ado, let's get into it.
believe in something, something, something. You've got to 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 believe in something, something, something. EDM champions right here on this week's episode of Beyond the Beats. We got Martin Horger, and I just learned how to pronounce that last name properly. So big shout out to him. Thanks for doing that, man. You know, I apologize, you know, for the past, what, Alec, like two years that we've been talking about him, you know, just kind of pronouncing that that last name incorrectly. But I'm glad we got the man, <laughs> the source. We got the source to tell us, to tell us like it is. All right. Absolutely. Martin, welcome to the show. We're really excited to have you. How are you doing today? It's so good to be here. I'm, uh, I'm doing great. I just had a great day. The sun is shining. It's finally summer. Let's the go. world is healing. Everything's That's coming right. back to normal. Life is amazing. Where, where are you uh, talking to us from? Where are you located right now? South Germany. Um, South Germany. 
Stuttgart to put. Oh, in Stuttgart. Are you pretending to know where it is? Or I know. Egg? I oh, I actually do know. Yes. Um, oh so like I I know right. So I've been to um I had a couple of friends in München uh and Kern as well. So we would go, I would go out there because I used to live in the UK. And I will say, man, uh, the Germans they know how to do a lot of things, but they really know how to party. I will tell you that they know how to have a good old time. <laughs> Thank you. I'm. I'm Happy to take that as a personal compliment. <laughs> exactly. And, and you especially too. I mean, and, and kind of like on, speaking on that, like one thing that we've got to know and we just love asking our guests is do you have like a funny story from when you're on the road touring uh, or even like a nightmare before you got on the stage? The, the, the shows where, where it feels like it's going to be horrible and mm. everything goes wrong, they're usually the ones that turn out the best. Ooh. Oh yeah. Let's move on. Next question that I got for you, Martin. Favorite festival or club, or like your favorite place to perform? What What is that top place for you? All right. So there's 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 definitely different places for different reasons, and um, it's very hard to pick one specific one. But I tell you, like the top three. Right. Okay. Let's hear it. All right. So one of my favorite places I ever played at was last weekend because it was my first show. In 468 days, Ooh, I looked at cool. it. Very- Let's go. <laughs> yes. oh. so, so I went I went all the way to Russia. I played in, in Moscow in St. Petersburg. Wow. And it was so emotional because I was so nervous. And there was just like a gigantic wave of Russian love that <laughs> <laughs> it swept over me. You know, and it, it, it was it was like a sensational gig, and that paired with uh the fact that I didn't play for that long in that. I played only my own music mm. and and I hadn't played that before and I was so nervous and and that gig will always be my number one club gig until eternity. Wow. Love that. Love that. <laughs> wow. What was the Russian crowd like? Have you played in Russia before? Yes, many times in the past. Uh, and they're very wild. And if you say that uh, the Germans know how to party, <laughs> it, they, the, the Russians take it to a whole nother Dimension. Alec, I feel like we got to go clubbing with with Martin out in Russia, man. Wait, we like absolutely do. We absolutely. And my girlfriend's Russian too, so she can help out with some of the language as well. There he goes. Oh, great. But but they a lot of them speak German though, right? Were you able to speak German to some of them? I, I feel like Russians I've met know how to speak German. Well, funny enough, they're all like <laughs> German porn seems to be a big thing in Russia. Right? It's really so, yes. I didn't. I, I didn't. I had no idea. But everybody just knows German porn words. So you, <laughs> it's it's the weirdest thing. Like you come up to someone and they all everybody just constantly says like weird porn stuff to you in German. It's all they know. <laughs> the rest of it is just broken English and Russian. And like, <laughs> all right. I was not expecting to get. A, a lesson on Russian culture from Martin today, but I'm glad that I just did. What is the weirdest thing that somebody in Russia has said to you that's referencing Germanic porn? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, no, don't it's, worry, this wasn't on the brief. So you not, it wasn't on the brief. <laughs> we didn't know. Now we know. It's mainly it's it's mainly just like like saying deeper in German. You know, tiefer. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. It's very, very generic and very German, German. And it's, <laughs> I feel, I feel slightly uncomfortable talking about it. How did we get there? 
I, I you know, no man, idea. I don't know, but that is a soundbite. And, and you got me mimicking German porn. <laughs> That's going to be the title of this episode. Martin Borger imitates German porn. Potential, oh <laughs> potential new sample and song, perhaps. Oh, let's oh, go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you're good at it, too. <laughs> you know, in a past life, in a past life, I'd say. No, I'm just, just oh, my kidding. God. Well, all right. So if you could go back to back in a DJ set with anyone, whether that be past or present, who would that person be? I've always been a big fan of Armin van Helden. Nice. Because, mm. because Armin van Helden. There's, there will always be Chami because he's done so much for me, you know, and he's such a, such a big inspiration. So I just go with those two, I guess. Oh, love that. Love both of them. So the last question for this section, man, and this, is, uh, this might be something you have to think about a bit, okay? You ready? All right. Yes. If you were if you were stuck on a deserted island, like you were trying to go somewhere, you know, for a festival, like it was a new island that no one ever heard about, but on the way there, the plane crashes. There are no survivors apart from you. And if you could only listen to two genres of music for the rest of your life on our island, what would those two be? That's easy. Like I, I, uh, I listen to. Um, concentration learning music you know like ambient music in the background 24 hours a day hmm. wow it's all all i all i in like really deeply around the clock enjoy listening hmm. to you know so that's uh that's amazing whenever 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 like there's silence at home i get really uncomfortable hmm. i don't know what it is so that's that stuff is running all the time there's a German, there's a German playlist called Maximale Concentration, right? <laughs> and it's a, <laughs> I love it. Maximal <laughs> concentration, I would imagine. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I invite everybody to listen to Maximale Concentration. Martin, once again, just want to say thank you so much for joining us here on Beyond the Beats. Uh, you know, we are big fans of your music and we've been championing your sound for just quite some time here for the EDM champion community. Let's dive into a little bit more about yourself. Tell us about how you got into producing music, man. I grew up in very rural South Germany, mm -hmm. like very, like very beautiful. Imagine it like, you know, very, very calm, little village kind of lifestyle. And um, we had a club, a very famous techno club, not far from us. And uh, when I was 15, I managed to like smuggle myself in and watch all the big techno DJs back. Uh -huh. So I saw like, like Carl Cox and, and you know, those, those kind of people, Jeff yeah. Mills, at a very, very early age. And um, around the same time, I discovered uh, the Prodigy. And mm. those things together um, made me want to do that kind of music. And then it uh, didn't take long for me to start DJing. And DJing has always been my first love for, for many, many years. And uh, uh, later I became a resident at that club. And like, I was, I think I was still 15 years old, right? And I was wow. a resident at that wow. club and, uh, and they smuggled me into DJ. I wasn't even allowed to be in there legally, you know? <laughs> it kind of caught on that I'm really young. And they're like, oh yeah. So they always smuggled me into DJ and smuggled me back out. So I DJed with all those legends and and that that just got it started wow yeah. was there was there any particular artist or artists that like you heard their music and you're like this is how I'm, this is how i want to shape my sound 
Like this, this is really inspiring me to make the sound that I make today. I kind of had a few reincarnations mm -hmm. of my career. In the early years, I did breakbeat, and that was very much influenced by, yeah, by the Prodigy. That was a thing that really like got me so early and was so powerful and mm -hmm. such a big thing that it that it like completely took took my life over, you know, as a as a fan. And then uh, once that was like. And that that breakbeat thing was my first kind of global career, where I started touring the world and and had success and made a living out of music and you know played like uh, North American tours and Australian tours and that kind of stuff. And then um, that started to fade. I wasn't really feeling that sound anymore. And um, then that was around the time when when bass house started to come along when artists like Chami and Mala were championing this like amazing new sound, right? And uh, yeah, and then it was them who really mm -hmm. influenced me. And uh, funny enough, the first ever house record that I did with Neon Steve, You Don't, um, we, were just, we were just literally trying to test the water and try to see what it's like to make a house record, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. We just we just did it, and funny enough, it was Charmy and then Mala and and that whole gang who like uh, who picked it up and um, yeah pushed it through the roof and made it like a, a global bass house hit and uh, literally kicked off my my career as yeah. a bass house artist. It's it's crazy. Like I mean, it's just it really did. Like that song was just absolutely massive. Like whatever market you were in, you've heard you know, that song or that bass house track. So I, it's cool to see how you transition for something like Breakbeat, use some of those influences, you know, someone like the Prodigy and then have kind of morphed it into this, you know, newer bass house sound. So where do you see your sound kind of evolving next? Like what's that next step? Do you, do you even know yet? Are you just kind of going with it? Like what's your creative process like? going forward after establishing such success in the bass house scene whenever you plan those things they tend to not go right because they they don't feel natural mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For, the, for the past year i've really felt like the classic house sound because so, that's something that i grew up with you know like techno and house and and, and uh, i i find myself going back to those early days of me starting to DJ, starting to go out to events where it was very like simple, very rhythm driven um, techno music. And I feel like that's where sound is gonna go because that's something that I still listen to and, and still love. And it's interesting, right? How the, there seems to be a real kind of, you know, it's come back, right? With so many artists really starting to implement uh, some of those, you know, the old soul, Right, like seems like we're going closer and closer back, you know, much more, you know, piano riffs and things. So it's very interesting to see that. And I, I could definitely see, you know, you with your music starting to implement that. So fully excited to see where it goes on with that. But I mean, despite like all, all the success you had, was there ever a time where you felt like giving up on music? And if there was, you know, how, how do you, how'd you get yourself through it? <laughs> there's like, there's different stages of feeling like giving up. There's like, the daily feeling of giving up. <laughs> you know? Like every day you're <laughs> like, oh shit, I don't know if I want to do Yeah, we're like all. in the studio and you're like, fuck, I suck so bad, <laughs> you know? Then there's there's deeper, deeper types of, 
what's the plural version of crisis? Crisis, crises, I think. Crises. Yeah, I think so. so. Then, we'll we'll go with it. It might not be it, but we'll roll with it. <laughs> then there's deeper version of versions of crises, and I definitely definitely had them. And it's it's part of being an artist. You know, the the whole frustration is baked into the game, and I feel like when you're not hitting those points, and when you're not hitting the frustration, you're not on the right path. You know, and when you realize that it is part of it and that you have to go through it to grow, then it's not a bad thing. Mm. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's a sign that you're on the right path. And you, and you just like, did that take a while for you to understand and, and learn or always had that mindset? Mm, it definitely took a while, but I, I be the German in me, but I'm very, I'm very efficient with time and very mm. analytical with everything, not with everything, but with a lot of things that I do. And uh, <clears throat> I realized that whenever, whenever I hit that kind of mood, whenever I hit that feeling, after that was always a big step ahead, you know? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, when, funny enough, Neon Steve, the guy, I, like my good old friend Neon Steve, who I did uh, You Don't With, he was at a similar point in me, we were both, oh man, we're not really feeling that breakbeat sound anymore. And we were, we were both frustrated and we were both kind of unsure about our future and about where to go. And those, it's that, that moment that, that breeds uh, amazing things. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And I learned, going back to your question, so whenever, whenever I had that feeling, I learned that afterwards always came something amazing. Because you were saying you listened to ambient music kind of in the background. Is there, do you have like a process for getting you into that zone, like that feeling? Like, because we've talked to some artists and they take different approaches to getting that inspiration. Like, you know, some people don't really do, you know, they don't really have like a, a process, but then some people are like right between the hours of, you know, six and seven, I've just got to sit down and no matter what, I'm writing something. So like, do you have a, a process to kind of get yourself there? I try to be super organized with my day and be as routine as I can be. So I know what my perfect day looks like. And I try to strive, like I strive to get that perfect day nailed every day. It doesn't necessarily happen every day because I'm not always right, like balanced, right? Mm-hmm. But um, but there's there's many moments where I, where I just nail it. Yeah, I, I I feel that I feel that a lot because it's like you know, it, it, we kind of have the same thing. I, I guess everyone does, but like you know, there's times where I get up and I'm like, oh, I'm just feeling like shit. Like I'm not doing anything that I want to do, right? But then it's just when you when you get back to the basics and then you figure, okay, what went well with uh, the times where I was being the most productive, and you kind of get yourself back into that routine and, and just staying organized. Like it's so so important to any of the producers out there that are listening to this. I mean, you've heard it from the man himself too. Uh, it's something just stay on top of your stuff and stay organized. Yes, and, and I think being healthy is a big part of it. You know, it's so like living the life that we all live, um, being around partying and uh, party-related substances um, mm. uh, all all the time. It's it's very easy to just fall into that party lifestyle and do nothing else but being drunk twenty four seven and and hanging out at parties and stuff. But it's um. It's very counterproductive. 
for mm. for getting shit done and writing good music. I always thought that I that I had to, you know, be in a party mood to write party music. Mm-hmm. I thought that for a very long time, but it's actually the opposite. I write the best music at seven o'clock in the morning. You know, I get up, I read, I switch on the computer. I don't look at social media. Yeah, that's good. I just sit down and get to work and I treat it like a normal job. Well, Martin, we we have a lot of artists that listen to our show and a lot of aspiring producers. And we're wondering, you know, I know you kind of just talked about pushing through like those barriers of, oh, I don't know if if music is for me and, you know, kind of feeling a bit doubtful, but then obviously having those big sparks of inspiration. But do you have any any um, sort of advice for upcoming producers that you can instill upon them to kind of keep going with their artistry? really made a big, big difference for me personally was that whole thing of in, installing a routine. Mm-hmm. You know, getting up every morning at a certain time for me at six o'clock and then just filling my mind with positive stuff rather than like scrolling social media. I just like, I'm very aware of like what I put in me. At the same time, you know, similar to like eating only healthy food, right. I try mm-hmm. to consume only a certain type of vibe or media, you know, to make sure that my mind is 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 prepped <laughs> for the things to come. And then so I come in here, I'm like, woo, you know, like, <laughs> amazing, you know, because <laughs> I just consumed amazing things, right? And then I sit down with that positive vibe. I slept for eight hours, you know, I'm like, I'm pumped. And then I sit down and make music. And the whole thing of like doing it every single day, um, makes a big difference. I used to, you know, only make music when I felt like it and that kind of stuff, but yeah. It's not it's not the way. Like doing shit daily is is what really moves moves mountains. Dude. And mm. uh, once I once I realized that, once I started to imply that into my career, that's that's when you guys heard about me, you know? Mm. So it must have been the right move, you know? There you go. <laughs> Alec, works, Martin, Martin is the vibe king. We got we to gotta get him onto the podcast as a, as a regular because I feel like, you know, you're just he's instilling a, so much the positive. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Alec is being de- uh, dethroned as the vibe king these days. Uh, Martin, oh. <laughs> you're, you're about to steal his job. Martin, um, really interested to hear about like how, like, how do you find, how do you find, to, how do you find the time to do it all? How do you find the time to you know, take care of yourself so well, you know what I mean? Also be producing music and obviously all, all the energy that's, that's involved in that and also touring and also, you know, keeping a personal life with your family and your friends. How, how, do, you, how do you do it all? The hardest thing in life and in career is actually knowing what you want. It sounds very, it sounds very basic and stupid, but, mm. you know, so many... So many people, if you ask them what they want, they usually tell you what they don't want. But not many people know exactly what it is they want, mm. you know? And like, just having the dream of, oh yeah, I want to be a big DJ is not, is not a clear goal. Yeah. Mm. You know? I just know exactly, exactly what I want. And because of that, I know the things that are on the way there and the things that are not. So I just don't spend a lot of time with the things that are not on the way to where I want to be and who mm. I want to be. That's and really interesting. 
that makes it super easy actually that's interesting yeah i i'm just loving these vibes that you're emanating right now man this is this is so i feel good i feel good over here i didn't even need my coffee this morning because we got martin on the pod right now <laughs> Let, uh, let's switch gears a little bit and let's talk about your relationship with confession chami's label so yes. obviously you've just been pumping out a ton of high quality high class tunes on the confession label how how did that relationship start and Furthermore, what is it like to be so ingrained in the Confession family and to have a support network like the one that Chami has built around his label? First of all, it's great, and I'm very grateful, and it's it, it has helped me so, so much. And um, I did this, like Steve and me, we did this song, You Don't. We mm -hmm. talked about it a few times, and um, we didn't know anybody in the house world. So it came out, originally came out on a breakbeat label because that's where we came from. Yep. Mm. If you remember the song correctly, it has like a, mm -hmm. uh, a second yep. drop breakbeat as well. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, um, we were both Steve and me and our music was always popular in Australia. Yeah. So that song started popping off in Australia in our scene. And once once it was in our scene, it's like spread further into the local house scene, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, Chami and Mala and uh, Steve, their manager, they were on tour in, in Australia. And uh, the last, the, the guy who did the warm up for them at a show in, I think it was Perth, um, just played that song last. And everybody was like, ah, what is it? <laughs> and, uh, and <laughs> I can only imagine what the Australians were like, you know, they're a rowdy bunch of people. <laughs> because we got rowdy when we heard that shit for the first time. So I can just imagine what the Australian lads were like. Yes, and and uh, so yeah, and that's where they heard it, and then they started playing it, and uh, then they hit me up on Twitter. We started talking, and uh, they were like, "Oh man, we wanna, we wanna present this to the house community. This mm -hmm. is amazing, you know. We we don't care if it's been released before. We think we think this is this is great, and more people." need to to listen to this and it's um it's so interesting because you know that they're they're really big artists really big manager really big team you know um and uh, they didn't care about anything about me except my music which mm. is a very amazing thing you know mm. that's like the original true music spirit mm. and um so they were like oh man like we don't even have to meet you or anything just you know just we love what you do and we want to put this out and so they they re-released it and i had another song ready so we turned it into an ep and um yeah and it helped steve and me so much it transformed our careers yeah. and uh, that's that's when the, the relationship started and we just kept on going and doing more and more and more stuff together and uh, growing closer together and um, yeah, now now we are here. I love that. There's one thing that I've in particular have been really interested to ask you about um, when I was thinking up some questions because coming from the UK originally, um, I had like a, a very different kind of rave experience or introduction into dance music and then moving over to the US and just seeing kind of the differences, not only in regular culture, but also in club culture and dance culture. So from you, from the, uh, from the performer's perspective, cause I know you've traveled all over, what would you say, you know, for a lot of our American listeners here, is there any major differences when it comes to playing shows in North America, uh, you know, specifically the United States versus like somewhere in, in Europe or some of the countries in Europe? 
dance music is still rather young in North America compared mm. to <clears throat> what it is in Europe, especially like Germany, the UK. So in Germany and parts of Europe, you sometimes get the, uh, there's, there's sometimes an underlying thing of people that know it all and seen it all and uh, uh, too cool for school kind of <laughs> sometimes you know in america you don't get that at all there's just such a crazy excitement and and because it's all you know y- young is such a weird it's word it's like here. fresh almost yeah it, it's yes. i know what you're talking about it's almost like fresh right like people are just yeah i know what you're talking about absolutely let's kind of let's kind of talk about what's going on in the bass house music scene mm-hmm. because there certainly seems to be a lot uh, a lot of really interesting trends and changes happening to this particular genre. And, I, and I'd, I'd say that you're pretty much on the forefront of kind of pushing this genre forward. You know, if we take a look at some of your most recent releases, like Ah Lord, Out of This World, All Alone, all of which are bangers, even going back, you know, before that, one of my absolute favorites from you, uh, Feel So Right. I yes. love, love, yes. love that song. Yes. Um, yes. One, thing, one thing that I've particularly noticed is that the samples that you're using are kind of fresh and new for the bass house scene. The instruments that you're using, all of these virtual synths that you're using, they're, they're kind of new and they're and they really haven't been heard in bass house before. So, do you see that the bass house music scene is starting to incorporate some more like out of the normal samples? And what other sort of changes are you seeing happening to the bass house genre? I try to not listen to a lot of bass house because mm. whenever I do that influences me so much huh. that I that I start changing my music interesting more molded into into the rest and I always had this this very deep belief that you don't have to be better than everybody else to mm. have a career you, cho- you just have to be different and I certainly know that I don't have the musical or technical talent to be the best so I so I know that I just have to be different. So I, mm. I, I try to like, there's this, I, I try to treat it like a little treasure. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and, and I know that the more I, I get influenced by other people in, in my genre, the more, the more I lose that. Mm. So I, I, you can probably tell me more about the trends in bass house. I, I was just like, oh yeah, he's gonna talk about it. It's great. Awesome. I wanna I wanna know about it. Yeah. And, and, and it's it's good to hear that I'm using different instruments than everybody else. That's great. I would, <laughs> I would definitely definitely say that you are like especially in your most recent yeah. release, uh Ah Lord with like those big, big, like wide gospel samples. I, I think when Gorgeous. when Alec and I were talking about it on our, on our regular episodes, um I was saying to him, like, I've never heard gospel samples being used in a bass house track. So mm. that is certainly something that's that's very, very fresh. So really big fan of that. Some more like disco-esque samples like in your, in your track Feel So Right, which I absolutely love dropping for people. So really, really <laughs> interesting. But if we were to kind of expand beyond just like bass house music, right? Let's talk about like the dance music scene in general. Are there any trends in the dance music scene at large that excites you? And maybe on the flip side of that, is there anything that kind of concern, concerns you about where we're going in dance music? I definitely like that it's all becoming a little bit more classic, classical dance music influenced. Okay. And stuff that I that I'm surrounded with, you know, techno and house music in general are becoming a bigger thing again, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because I I 
that's where I'm from. And uh, I don't think in terms of concerns, I don't think that there's anything that anyone should be concerned about. You know, like everything that's out there is, is there for a reason. And, yeah, I, I like that point a lot because, you know, that there are quite a lot of people um, who, you know, I won't call names, but there are lots of people who do worry about how music is evolving. But one of the points I've always thought about is that, you know, music is meant to evolve and to change yeah. and, and is yeah. meant to take the best of the past and integrate it into with the new, you know, and it just seems like they're just some like old grandpas that sometimes are like, you know, raging against the machine, if you will. Um, when really it's like, it's not that, that dichotomy of being like, oh, you have to be OG or into only the OG music or, you know, some of the, you know, even the, the newer producers and the newer kids are saying, oh, I don't want to listen to any of the old stuff. I don't want to, you know, take that in. But it, it's nice because I agree with you, Martin. I think that we are starting to see now people really taking that happy medium and, and, and blending both into their new music. Mm, exactly. Yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing for me that I'm just a big, big proponent of. Yes. Yes. That's how, I mean, that's what, that's, the thing that got us to where we are right now and we're not in a bad place no not at all not that's at true all. That's and, the, true. and the world is healing and we're back we're getting back to i'd tell you man there's nothing like hearing this music on big speakers again just puts a big old <laughs> smile on your face right like that's that's like the biggest thing for me but you know what's also been really interesting is during the pandemic you've seen like the rise of virtual events right and and streaming and stuff like that now as a, as a performer, do you have any preferences on how that moves forward? Like, do, do you see, you know, these in real life events kind of, you know, going back to being more of the foray and then you sometimes see like a sprinkle of virtual events or, or do you see virtual events now taking, uh, uh, having a bigger impact on the industry and that moving forward? That's a really cool question because I'm wondering that myself. I've never been a big fan of, streaming every single day you know that kind of thing because it's not it's just not in me mm. i i wanted to use the time that that i suddenly had to make music instead but i still understand everyone who went full steam ahead into the streaming world mm -hmm. and um but me not being uh on the consuming end of streaming um it's very hard for me to predict what is going to happen. Mm. I'm sure that there are many people out there who don't necessarily even need the live element of it because they're so comfortable in their own four walls that they just want to participate in streaming events and don't want to go out. Mm. So there will definitely be a future for it, I'm sure. But I don't know how big that the whole thing will still be once live events are back because I'm definitely definitely more uh, go out meet people and hug them kind of person <laughs> yeah <laughs> me too me too there's just an element that you yeah that you lose you know like um and I don't know if I don't you know VR is certainly not there yet and I'm not sure if it ever will be because there's just there's just a difference about being in person like you know obviously you have the, the social connectivity but then just there's almost like an added dimension of music when you're seeing it you know on the big speakers you know live whether it's open air or enclosed in the warehouse like the acoustics of the of the set like everything really contributes you know the pounding of the bass like it's just hard for me to see how that can end up replacing it um and, and i you know i don't think it, i don't think it ever will and because i agree with you i want to go out and hug people but i also want to feel that added dimension 
of music life. Martin, real quick before we wrap up this conversation, do you have any shows coming up? Do you have any big uh, mm. festivals that you're playing? Maybe something that you want to leak to the EDM champions? Yeah, but no <laughs> pressure, no pressure. Well, like I said, I just came back from Russia, which yeah. was amazing. Um, just looked, just uh, looked at the recap and uh, had a little, uh, a little pee pee in my eye. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful oh man so I'm, I'm so i'm so pumped definitely coming back to america in september Ooh, excellent. so that's happening and uh so the three of us are gonna gonna get together for a drink absolutely, absolutely. without I love that man. well what's your drink of choice on that night we'll make sure to have have that ready i i don't drink when i work so whenever i dj i'm 100 sober uh-huh. It, uh, it's a lot less fun for me, but a lot more fun for everybody else. So I, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I'm just a better DJ if I, like for the past four years, I've DJed every single gig sober. Nice. And, um, so but when, I, when I'm going to hang out with you guys, um, I, love, I love a good beer and I mm. love a, a really good Riesling. Oh, no. very Ooh. nice. Man, he's a man of class over here, this guy. <laughs> uh, Professional alcoholic. <laughs> there, you there, you go. Go. there you go martin we'll make sure that we have that ready to go uh when we all get a chance to link up hopefully in california fingers crossed oh yeah but good. before we before we wrap it up over here for this artist spotlight we just wanted to turn it over to you did you have any final concluding thoughts that you want to give to our edm champion community around the world well i i think i said it in the in the intro it's um it's so beautiful to see that the whole world is healing you mm. know and I'm proud of everyone who made it through this alive. And, um, and I can't wait for, you know, for all of us to like be able to hang out at festivals again and, and just celebrate the fact that we got through this. Absolutely. And, man, it's uh, like 10 months ago, I was looking into the future and I was like, okay, it's definitely going to get worse before it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. Right? every day looking in the future into the future it was like okay <clears throat> i know in two days it's going to be worse than in one day you know in three days it's going to be even worse and now we're at this like magic time that like in into the very distant future i can tell you that from day to day it's going to get better and better and better and better and Love that's it. such a, that's such a wild feeling you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah um and I thought about that two days ago, and it got me super pumped for everything. Hell uh, yeah, absolutely! I guess that's, a, that's a great, that's a great final thought, yeah. dude. Oh, it. what a high moment to leave this podcast on, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, EDM champions, Martin Horger. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Beyond the Beats podcast artist spotlight. It's always such a pleasure to talk about your music, and it, it was even more of an honor to be talking to you right here on the show. So we can't wait for our EDM champions to also get tuned into that mix, that Beyond the Beat session that you put Oof, together for just, our community. Absolutely you, you, you nearly, Oh, man, you, you nearly made me like want to jump out the window, go find a swimming pool somewhere. I was just getting all types of rowdy for it. What a fucking mix, man. You just get you going off with it. Like that that opening, like that intro, just, oh, man, just gets yeah. me going. Absolutely. <clears throat> I, I can tell you that it's all my own music and it's all like, uh, it's all... IDs that mean the world to me. What what an honor that we be able to get that out to the EDM champion community and the rest of the world. 
Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Beyond the Beats. And we can't wait to keep talking about your music and hopefully get a chance to meet up with you soon, either in the US or in Europe or somewhere in the world. Thank you again for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Keep killing it. And I'll see you, I'll see you either in Russia or in California. Yes. Uh, there you can't go. Can't wait. Can't wait. There you go. <laughs>